welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. We appreciate you joining us for the podcast again today. I'm pleased to bring you today the second half of my conversation with Hattie Grace's mom and dad, Brian and Brandy Davis. If you missed last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to the first part of our chat to hear the story of the 10 beautiful hours God gave them with her. You really don't want to miss hearing about this precious baby. Today's episode builds on that as we discuss some very practical issues commonly faced by bereaved parents, especially those who have lost infants, and we talk about some ways that Hattie's life, though brief, has had an impact in the world. We're going to pick up our conversation right where we left off last week. So it's been a little over three and a half years now since Hattie Grace went to heaven, but think back, if you can, to the very early days of your grief. What advice would you give to a newly bereaved parent, maybe especially to a mom or dad that has experienced uh, the loss of an infant? Um, Have grace for yourself. (laughs) Yes. We can't get it all done. Mm -hmm. Uh, The dishes can wait. Um, Just be kind to yourself and allow allow yourself to grieve. um, And don't fixate on because I think there's I've seen where there's like five stages of grief well Mm -hmm. there might be five stages but you don't experience them in that order right um and they don't last a certain length of time right it it looks more like a scribble on a page Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so I've I think we just as long as we show ourselves grace in those moments and don't get stuck on somebody else's timeline of how we should grieve or how long we should grieve because honestly that's probably some therapist or psychiatrist sitting in an office somewhere writing a book that has no clue right whatsoever exactly um but yeah i feel like and honestly you never you never will fully grieve your child mm-hmm. until you see them in heaven again right and you won't be done grieving until you sit you know you're in heaven with the lord and and you're and your child. Yes. Um, and it's a different kind of grief than, you know, I've had a, my grandmother pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, losing a child, it, it doesn't even compare. Right. To, um, yeah, it's tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to, like now, even almost four years later, there's still day. I mean, there's not a day I don't wake up and think about her. Absolutely. Right. Um, at some point, I mean, sometimes multiple times a day. Yes. What would this be like? Or yeah, oh, we would be doing this if Hattie was with us. Right. Um, but I think the the one thing is just to have grace for yourself, mm-hmm. um, even when maybe others don't. Because um, we, if you don't grieve, it's going to come out later in a negative way Mm -hmm. if you don't grieve how you need to right and it's going to affect others around you right yeah i agree so after the loss of a baby an infant uh, or a pregnancy Mm -hmm. what role do hormones play in those early days of the (laughs) grieving process Uh, i'm sure it was huge I, i mean it was a major roller coaster and they 
I had reactions to medications. And so your body's filled with all this medicine and your hormones are crazy anyway. And a lot of people don't, I mean, yeah, your baby died and you went home without a baby, but you still go through postpartum. Right. And people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. So, um, like all the things and it's, it's stressful. Um, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. The hormone I, and the hormones I'm sure played a huge part in how emotional I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I know that I would be emotional anyway, but the hormones I'm sure just magnified it. Right. Um, and for, and I couldn't imagine, um, someone that was maybe prone to postpartum depression mm-hmm. and that happening to them. Yes. I could not imagine how they would have handled that. Right. Um, so, you know, anyone in that position would need to seek help immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, for Brian and I, we were fortunate that our pastor and his wife had actually lost a baby. Um, I think she was around 23 weeks, mm, several, several years before we knew who they, you know, we had met them and they came to our church so they were able to walk through that with us because mm-hmm. um, they knew exactly what we were feeling and going to yeah. experience. And um, they kind of helped God. I mean, they sat at the hospital the entire day while I labored. And wow. they took our kids to eat and um, played games with them in the waiting room. So you you can't go through something like this without a support system. Mm-hmm. Um at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to have it because we would not weathered it as well if we had not had the people we did surrounding us. Yeah. What a blessing. I mean, it sounds like God put those people in your lives <laughs> just for this specific purpose. That's yes. Amazing. He orchestrated that about four or five years earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we were very blessed. Yes. And I know it was a blessing for them to be able to use their experience and honor their baby through helping you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, another question. People often feel awkward around a parent that has lost a child because they just don't know what to say. And I feel like those that have experienced pregnancy or infant loss probably deal with more inappropriate comments even than those of us who have lost children in other ways. Um, we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast not because they've lost a child, but because they know someone who has. So what advice would you give to someone who is wondering what they can say or do to help someone who has experienced the loss of an infant or of a pregnancy? Um, what they what they can do, um, yeah. just be there. Mm. I, I guess that's huge. Um, we had we had some people, um, family mm-hmm. that. They would not show up because they did not know what to say. They just oh, pretty much walked yeah. away from us. So they missed that time. Mm. Um, and that's not okay. Yeah. And they lost that time with Hattie Grace. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they just, they walked away and and that was not okay. And I think for for someone in that circumstance, just knowing you don't have to say anything. Just say, I'm here. If you just need to sit and cry. I mean, I know for us, um, we didn't cook for two weeks. Mm-hmm. That was huge. 
Um, Because honestly, my mind was not in a place where I was even worried about eating at one point, Um, much less cooking a full meal for a family. Right. Um, So, I mean, our friends in church, they just surrounded us, and we didn't cook for two weeks. Um, So, I mean, a meal is huge. I'm on care ministry at my church now. I'm over that ministry, and you just have no idea what a meal means to people when they're going through something, mm-hmm. um, it, it can be huge for them. Yes. So just a meal or just pop in and say, hey, or invite mm-hmm. them to lunch um, and just sit and listen to them. Yeah. I mean, because we don't expect anybody to understand what we're feeling or what we're going through unless they've been through it themselves. Because you don't know until you do. Right. Um, there's no way anybody would fathom what it feels like to lose a child unless they've lost one. Right. Um, So I think the main thing is just being there. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if it's just a text and say, hey, I'm thinking of you today, praying for you. We love you. Please let us know if you need anything Mm -hmm. um, or if we can do anything. Can I pick your kids up from school today? Um, It's just little stuff. It doesn't have to be anything big. I mean, even now, um, I have a friend that she has walked, her and her girls have walked this whole journey with us. Um, They show up at every event we participated in when we, um, we did um, Mamie's um, Walk to Remember. Uh They've been there every year we've participated in that. They show up at every car show we have. Mm. Um, They visit her gravesite. I mean, if they're coming through that area, they go. They stop and visit the gravesite and put flowers. Wow! Um, that's so just huge. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have a friend. She buys an ornament every year for us um, wow. for our Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, there's people that make donations in her honor each year, um, and it just lets us know that she's still she's remembered. Yes. And I still think about her. Yes. So I think that's huge. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Knowing that people stop by her gravesite, that's that's amazing. <laughs> and um, yes. and the ornament too, <laughs> just something to show that they remember is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the hardest questions for a parent to answer after the loss of a child is when well-meaning people say, well, how many children do you have? So how do you answer that question? Um, for me, that's never been hard. Hmm. I tell them three. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake, Olivia, and then we have Hattie Grace. And, you know, I tell them how she went to heaven two years ago, when you know, whenever, whatever point in time it was. Right. I let them know I have three children. Mm-hmm. Um, I made that mistake. I, I shortly after Hattie passed away, that question was brought up, and I said two. Mm-hmm. And Brandy looked at me, and I was like, "Wait a minute, let me rephrase. Let me start over." Yeah. And I said, and I had to explain because I really didn't at the time. I really didn't want to go explain myself. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But from there on out, it's three. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I she was here. She was real. Mm-hmm. She's part of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and people need to know that. Yeah. Um, if they come to my house, they're going to see that we have three children. 
Yes. Because her picture's on the wall. Mm-hmm. Her shadow box is on she the wall. She has her own wall. <laughs> Oh, I it's love a little it. area uh, by, <laughs> yeah. in our house. We have a small little area in the wall that her all the the things people gave us, and yeah, it's there. And I mean, there may be one day I will move some of those things, but I'm not at that point yet. Right. Um, but if people come to our house, they know we have three children. So if we're in conversation, we're going to tell them we have three children. Yes. I um, mean, I know for some people it's hard because they don't want to explain themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I completely understand that. Sure. Um, but for me, I, I need people to know because t- that's part of our testimony mm-hmm. is how we, um, how we went through that, that journey, that pregnancy and the outcome, knowing what the outcome could be. Yes. But wholly putting our faith in Christ, regardless of what the outcome was, mm-hmm. um, people need to hear that. Yeah. And that yeah, we still you. have faith in Christ, even though she's not with us anymore. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a wonderful way to share your testimony um, for people who come to your home and see those beautiful pictures of her. And just like any, any of your other children, I'm sure you have their pictures displayed. So it just makes sense that Hattie Grace would have her pictures out, too. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So holidays are always tough for bereaved parents. I know you said you kind of got away for that first holiday. Um, Birthdays, having days are tough. Um, And I imagine due dates are are difficult for those who have lost babies. And I know you carried Hattie Grace to 36 weeks, so she pretty much nearly made it to her due date. Um, but how mm-hmm. have you have you found any special ways to celebrate her life on those particularly hard days? Um, so the first Christmas um, after she had passed, we um, I come up it's random acts of kindness cards that I made with her name on it. Yeah, um, and it has Ephesians four thirty two, I believe, um, is the exact verse just love one another Mm -hmm. um and we just kind of um bombed monticello with kindness that christmas um and friends and family showed up we made cookies and put little bags together with cookies and hot chocolate and on christmas eve we just went to town and passed those out Um, we bought pizzas for our fire department police department and hospitals um we went to walmart we had friends that were um they kind of walked with us through this, and they're so generous. And um, she, they got Walmart gift cards, and we went, put them in Christmas cards, and signed them, and stuck one of the random acts of kindness cards in those, and we just handed them out to people that were waiting in line to pay for their kids' Christmas. Oh my goodness, that's um, so cool! We did the same at the Dollar Tree, Dollar General. People get last minute stuff, um, and. That was huge that year for me, Um, just to see people being kind to each other, not mean. I mean, there's so much more to life than being mean and unkind. Um, And after that, I mean, that's the year we got away around her birthday, about, you know, after Christmas. Okay, yeah. Um, We got out of town. Um, but we're prone to, if we're out to eat, we'll pay for somebody's meal mm-hmm. um, and leave a card with the receipt where it was paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started our car show, Hattie's Hot Rods. Uh-huh. Um, 
Brian, my husband, and my son Drake, that was kind of their project. Um, they wanted to do something uh-huh. positive, and they came up with that. And so we, we didn't get to do it last year because of COVID, but we've done it three years now, and it's grown every year. Um, we had, I think, 72, 72 entries this wow. year, um, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it just allows people to get together and share in something that they lo- they love. Um, and it allows us to share her story mm-hmm. and to give back to um, organizations that helped us get through that, like Mamie's Poppy Plates or While We're Waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hope Place Monticello, we give to them because I, that kind of helped me through that grieving process with being able to volunteer. Absolutely. Um, here at Hope Place. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we've, I mean, there, we've done other things too here and there. And, um, just where we would have, I, I paid for someone's birthday cake mm. on her birthday one year. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine does cakes, and I asked her if she had someone who had a birthday on that day that she was doing a cake for, and she said, sure. So I wrote out a card and let them know why I was paying it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, just little things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just so that people know that she's remembered and, that she was here. Yeah. Yeah. And that her life has had a huge impact. I just love the way that you guys have chosen to honor Hattie Grace's life in so many unique ways. And probably the most significant way from what you've said tonight is your work there at that Hope Pregnancy Resource Center. Um, just talk about that a little bit, because it seems like maybe that would be a difficult thing for a mom that's lost a baby to do. Yeah, so for some people, um, they think it's weird or awkward for me to to work somewhere like this. But in the beginning, when right after Hattie Grace passed, I volunteered here with Food Pantry because we offer Food Pantry. It's not just um, pregnancy resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of helped me get through some of that grief early sure. on. Um but, yeah, being around babies all day is not what you expect out of someone that's lost a baby. Um, but, I mean, we, and we have moms that come in that have um, toddlers, mm-hmm. and um, they're a little bit mm-hmm. older. Um, but it's kind of, it's different. I mean, because I know I'm helping a mom with her baby. And to sustain that baby's life, um, it's... I'm sure there's going to be days that it is hard. Mm -hmm. I haven't encountered one of those yet. Um, But my girls that I work with here, they know about Hattie Grace. And, you know, I've talked to them, you know, hey, if there's a day that I just can't, I will let you guys know. Mm -hmm. And they'll just step in and, you know, um, and they'll handle whatever we've got going on that day. Um, But, yeah, there's triggers. There's I I still can't attend baby showers. Mm -hmm. I've just, within the last little bit, I'm able to pick out a baby gift for to send to someone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I still don't, I don't go to baby showers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard sometimes for um, friends, family that have itty-bitty babies mm-hmm. to be around them. Yes. Especially at family functions, especially... Um, 
if it's constant, like every time you go to a fa- family function, somebody's had a baby or somebody's right. pregnant or right. it's hard. Yes. Um, just cause I will never, I will not have any more children. Right. Um, my last experience being pregnant was losing my daughter mm-hmm. and I'm 41. And so, you know, we didn't plan that pregnancy. Um, and we won't have any more children. Um, so that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. Um, having to grieve that. Sure. Uh, so, and as far as triggers, I mean, early on it was, we went to the mall one day, we sat down to eat lunch and Brian and them had picked a spot and I come over with the food and I'm looking around and there's like four or five Mm. like infants yeah. In strollers. And, and I'm like, I can't sit here. I right. can't sit here. Right. Um, which is, people think you're crazy. But I, I said, I cannot eat right here. We're going to have to move. Um, yeah. There's been, um, we've been in restaurants in the, like early on and a baby would start crying. And I would have to leave. Um, yeah. I couldn't walk through the baby department at the store. Mm-hmm. Um, just little things like that. That I mean, Halloween and Easter and all the kind of the smaller holidays, not the big ones like Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Easter's big, but all those holidays, you, most people don't think anything about Valentine's and Halloween. Well, I do because it would have been her first Halloween. It would have been her first Valentine's. Sure. Um, and in the that first year, it just, it was just, it was not fun at all. Mm. Um, so there's just all kinds of little triggers that mm. people don't think about sure. that can just send you into the spiral of crying all day, going through a box of Kleenex, or I'm an emotional eater. <laughs> I sit down and eat a whole cheesecake, you know, right? Uh-huh. Um, those kinds of things. Um, or eating cheesecake for breakfast one day because that's what you wanted to do. That's right. I don't see um, anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, just and it's just little like even probably I was never asked, but if somebody ever asked me to go buy diapers at that point in mm-hmm. time, I probably would have been like, "Yeah, no, that's not going to happen." Right. Um, it, there were family functions that we did not go to because I knew there would be someone there with a baby. Right. Um, and still now. Um, even almost four years later, that's still, um, we may make an appearance, mm-hmm. but we don't, if there, if I know someone's going to be there, I don't stay long. Right. Um, and it's not because I don't love them or care about sure. them. Yeah. Um, or I'm not happy for them. It's just that, um, I can't, I know I have myself in a good place mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally, and I don't want to spiral right into a place that is not good for me. Right. Um, so we will we will kind of distance ourselves from those if it's not if I'm having a bad day or um, a bad week or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's important because it protects your emotional well being yes. also. Um, and your mental well-being, yes, which is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't surround yourself with um, negativity and drama and all of those things either. Right. So mm-hmm. I feel like um, 
having lost a baby, um, it's important to limit the triggers early on mm-hmm. if you if it's possible. Um, and that's not always possible for some people, but I feel like if you can manage them more easily in the beginning, then you'll get to a place where they're not as, um, they don't bother you as bad, mm-hmm. you know, a couple or later on yeah. years down the road. Um, cause I can deal with walking through the baby department now or, mm-hmm. um, sitting in a restaurant with a baby. Those kinds of things don't bother me as bad now as they used to. Mm-hmm. Well, and hopefully that gives somebody hope who's kind of still in that early part where those things are so, so hard that they won't always be that hard. No, they get, it gets easier. It gets easier over time. It will, I don't think it will ever completely go away. Right. I mean, because I see stories where there's there are women that have lost their baby and then years and years down the road, there's still something that will bring that memory back Mm -hmm. and it's always there it's just you just don't get overwhelmed with the waves of grief as frequently right as you do early on right well thank you for sharing that i think that will be helpful for other people to hear welcome yeah so what gave me the idea for a car show i I love the idea But it just, um, I'm just thinking like sweet little Hattie Grace. How does it correlate? Hot rod car show. Yeah. So I'd love to kind of hear the story of how that came to be. So Brandy was making baskets and raffling off tickets to raise money for Mamie's. And Uh that's actually before. before Yeah, we we weren't aware of your organization at that point. We had not Mm -hmm. been introduced to it yet. And so I had. She kind of poured myself into fundraising for Mamie's at that yes, point. Yes, which is a wonderful organization. Really, oh, yes. yes. She was doing really well with that, and I was just sitting back watching her, and I was like, this ain't fair. I mean, <laughs> I'm not creative enough to make a basket to, that anybody's going to buy. <laughs> so, right. Uh, I went to bed thinking about it, and uh-huh. I woke up, and... I had his hot rods was in my mind and mm-hmm. I don't know. It just sounded good. So <laughs> it does. I love spoke it. To Drake, our son. And, uh, he said, yes, let's do it. Um, we didn't know nothing about car shows other than going to them. We didn't know nothing about organ- organizing one or anything. So talked to a few of the older people around town and they helped us out with that and said they would be there and, we said, okay, we're hoping to see 20 cars. Uh, it's Monticello. I mean, it's a small town. There's not right. a whole lot of antique cars or nice cars here. But right. the first year we had 52 cars. Wow. Um, so so it, was a, it was a great deal. And um, the next year it was around the same, but more people, more people give. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it grew in our eyes. And then, like Brandy said earlier, in 2020, we didn't. We wasn't able to have it. Right. Um, but this year, we went to 72 cars, and that's that's huge. That's yes. way bigger than any car show in the history of Monticello. So um, right. the mayor, we had the mayor of Monticello and the chief of police come and speak. Because we did it this year on 9-11, we wanted to recognize our veterans, our first responders. Um, and... When they were there, they said, uh, you have a problem. I said, okay. They said, you yeah, outgrew your venue. 
So wow. they actually give us a sports complex for next year. Uh, so wow. we have a lot more room for more cars. So, uh, and that was that was my that was the whole deal when I started this thing. Is uh, I wanted the city involved because we don't have a festival like some of the surrounding counties do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think we're getting there slowly yeah. but surely. But yeah, yeah, that's how it that's how it come about. Um, Every September, the Saturday after Labor Day, we have it. All right, Saturday after Labor Day. I'm writing that down <laughs> because one of these one of these years we are going to get there. Um, we almost always have a retreat that weekend, um, but if I know in advance, okay, now I know it's the Saturday after Labor Day. We can maybe plan for that because that would be so much fun. I would love to come to that. Yeah, we would love for you guys to come. Yeah, I love. Just uh, it's so intriguing to me and the the concept of this little bitty precious baby girl and these hot rods. I just love that. Um, <laughs> and I didn't realize that it fell on nine eleven this year, and that you were able to you know recognize the veterans and the first responders and all of that. That's that's wonderful. I love that. Yeah, we have a nephew that is in the military. He means the world to us. So yeah. Um, we wanted to make sure we we recognized the them people. Yeah, he was able to be here this year. Yes. He and his um, part of his his two older kids weren't, but his two younger ones and his wife were able to come down and help um, prepare and um, take care of things the day of the um, the show. But yeah, I mean he he's been in the military since he got out of high school, and wow. super proud of him. He's an army ranger and. He's just, that's his career, and um, that, for a long time, he, there were times he had to leave, and we didn't know where he was going, um, and that's hard, yes. and so we needed, people need to, to recognize what they do for us. Um, they sacrifice a lot, and so we want, because of it falling on that day this year, we felt like that was something that we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love that. So what have you learned about God through this experience with Hattie Grace? That he's there even when we don't feel mm-hmm. it. Yes, exactly what mm-hmm. I was thinking myself. Because um, mm-hmm. um, there are times that you feel like he does not hear you. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you how many Sundays we'd be in worship. So I cried for months every Sunday in worship service. Mm-hmm. Um, just crying my heart out, Lord, please heal my baby. Yeah. Um, I know you can. Um, I will still praise you regardless of what you choose to do. But um, even when we don't feel like he's listening or he's there, he's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of waiting, I guess you could say. Um, and you're going to learn something through the process. Um, I don't think he doesn't cause our storms or um, he will allow us to go through a storm. Um, But I don't think he causes any of that because that's not his will. But yeah, I guess that's the biggest thing. I mean, God is good regardless. Um, But when you're sitting there and you're crying your heart out and thinking nobody is listening, he's still listening. He's there. Right. 
What about you, Brian? Did you have something to share about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm same way. I mean, he's he's here when you don't when you don't feel like he is. I mean, we knew that mm-hmm. prior, but when you're going through this kind of thing, it's um uh, you you seem to sometimes maybe even forget it, but he's he's never left your side through the whole thing. Mm, that's so, right, and I it kind of goes back to the little thing things that happen. People we met through all of this, mm-hmm. um, with it's with those interactions and stuff that he said, "I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still yes. here." Um, right. he, I mean, he puts people in our paths to um, to pour into us, right. um, to comfort us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because we've made. I mean, we have friends that we've met that we wouldn't have. If Hattie Grace, I mean, we would have never met you guys if right. Hattie Grace had not passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that you know that's not a great circumstance, but your ministry right. was birthed um, mm-hmm. from the passing of your daughter. Right. Um, and I think he he will take whatever storm or chaos we have. Mm-hmm. And something beautiful is going to come out of it at some point. It's not on our timeline at all, right. for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But eventually, he's going to bring something good out of it. Yes. Uh, you know, at, like here at Hope Place, um, the pregnancy center, I mean, there's several girls I've come into contact with here that have lost a baby. And before yeah. I came, they didn't have anybody they could talk to about it. Wow. And now they do. Um, mm-hmm. So he orchestrates everything. Yes. Um, and he'll use whatever Satan threw out there. He'll use it for something good. Yeah. And just as you've talked, um, I've just heard over and over and over how God is using Hattie Grace's life to touch others. And she was here for such a short time, but her life has had such a profound impact. Um, and uh, that's that's just amazing. For me personally, I can't imagine um, having gone through all of that, just the, the, the turmoil of people telling you your baby's going to die every time you go to a doctor's appointment. Yeah. Um, just all that grief and anger and um and her passing away and that grief and nothing and all of that just kind of being in vain having Mm -hmm. gone through all of that and not sharing how we were able to navigate all of that um with christ had we not why would we not share that with others i mean Mm -hmm. i can't imagine having gone through all of that and never sharing her story just Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense yeah, and you honor her life every time you share her story. And you honor the Lord because He's such a big part of your story with her. So, I appreciate that. All right, well, we're going to wrap up. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? You know, just if if they if they have siblings, I mean, if you have other kids, yes. just make sure to include them in, in everything. I mean, we were bru- we were just... We were honest when it, all of this started unfolding. I mean, we don't sugarcoat things for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't hide anything from them. When we got definite information from the doctors, 
we set our older kids down and we shared all of that with them. And we told them, you know, these doctors don't get the last say. They tell us she's really, really sick and she may not live very long. But we're putting it in God's hands and we're going to let him make the last decision. And if he allows her to be with us, then we are forever grateful for that. If he doesn't, then we're going to get through it together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they should be, you should be open with your other children if you have them, if you're in a situation like ours. Yeah. Um, and let them be included in and in navigating all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because we all know kids these days internalize everything and yeah. um, they grieve differently than the parents grieve. And, Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like you need a, they need to know there's a safe place there to mm-hmm. land when they need it too. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it. Yeah. Your kids were at the perfect age too, for you to be able to talk with them like that, you know? Uh, yes, they were. They were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you living out your faith like that in front of them and with them together with them is going to have an impact on them for the rest of their lives. That is our prayer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so much for coming on the podcast today to share about your sweet little Hattie Grace and her life um, and God's faithfulness in your journey. I really think it's important. I just, I, I'm kind of burdened for this every time we have parents come to a retreat that lost uh, an infant or lost a baby early in pregnancy that um, people need to know that that grief is just as profound as the grief of those of us who lost older children. And um, so I thank you and appreciate your willingness to talk about Hattie Grace and to share her life with us today. Well, thank you for having us and allowing us to share her with you guys. We appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it brought you some comfort and encouragement today and maybe made you feel a little less alone on the journey. Please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and and maybe leave us a rating in iTunes to help others find the podcast. Again, we're glad you spent a few minutes with us today. It's a blessing to walk beside you as we seek to live well while we're waiting.